0: give it some silence. We would almost... Sorry.
1: (laughs) Welcome to the Mega HQ. Adam and Luke are two lifelikels. And writing partners. They make original heroes out of everyday experiences. Every week starts with a fresh idea and ends with a new character. Adam and Luke think writing is fun, and they invite you to the Mega HQ to laugh and create something new.
0: Welcome to the B Mega Podcast. My name is Luke. I am here in the Midwestern branch of the Mega HQ uh enjoying the spring weather i am joined as always by my creative cohort adam hey how are how you, you doing, doing Luke? oh i'm fantastic how are you adam i got no complaints just hanging out trying to thaw out up here in canada trying to thaw what is the weather like up there right now now it's okay okay i'll
2: give it here Here's your here's your math problem for the week, Luke. It's about 10 or, ten or twelve degrees Celsius. So, in order to calculate Fahrenheit,
0: <laughs> I just I Honestly, have I, don't even know. I just have to use a, a clothing scale. Like, is it shorts? Is it jackets? Is it coats? Is it
2: snowshoes? Like, like jacket.
0: Okay. Awesome. Jacket spring. That sounds good. That sounds like my kind of weather. I like jacket weather. We right now we have uh it's warming up. Uh and we have we we ha- we've been having storms quite a bit and I got to have my yearly spring bonfire this weekend. Oh, nice. That's something I think uh every good Midwesterner uh <sighs> worth his salt should apparently be able to do. I cannot do it by myself. Apparently my family does not trust me to burn things on my own. I wouldn't trust you to burn things on your own. I wouldn't trust me to burn things (laughs) on my own. Um, But you do it every year? I do it, yeah, every year. Uh, We we, we have weak trees. Some people have weak knees. We have weak trees. And they just break and and fall apart every spring, over the winter and into the spring, and we have just an enormous pile of, of branches in the backyard.
2: Yeah, it's that time of year. To, to clean clean it up spring clean it up yeah we are you getting the getting the house clean also oh. getting
0: everything yeah yeah we, st- we actually cleaned out our our garage a little bit this this
1: evening I hey, that's
2: oh man i've been doing so much just desperate trying to get the i i didn't realize how bad everything had gotten i don't know what it is about the winter it's like when the sun starts to come out, I start looking around the place and being like, "Man, it's looking a little looking a little rough." <laughs> so, anyway, so I've been I feel like I've been like reinvestigating every room of the apartment like one at a time trying to uh, I don't know, get cleaning, but then sure. also just like, is this is everything that's in here where it should be? We've gotten rid of a bunch of stuff, and that's been really good. Right. But it's that process of like really looking at your living environment and all your things and the just looking around and and kind of reevaluating things trying to reassess things that you maybe started to not see and i'm fascinated by that opportunity for ideas to find ideas in seeing a thing maybe there's a maybe you have some strange trinket that's around your place uh, that you know what i mean that, that you haven't looked at really
1: yeah
2: so I had that experience cleaning in my kitchen. There are these—I have these great uh, costume sketches from from a theater company up here called the Stratford Festival from like the like late fifties, I think, late fifties, early sixties. Nice. And they're great. There, I think one's from Henry the Fourth, and one's from one of the other histories. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'd never, for some reason, I had never actively looked at the names of the actors because it's got a little panel that says like it says who the designer the designer's name is on it but it says the character and the year and the actor they're framed and there's they're under glass and i was cleaning the glass and i for the first time noticed the name of the actor who played henry the fourth in this in this show that i've had this costume sketch on my wall for a few years and it became the inspiration for this week's mega oh let's hear it this week's mega name, inspired by my Henry IV costume sketch, is Mr. Helpman. <laughs> mega
0: basics. Mr. Helpman. So what? How old are these posters again? Fifties. Fifties. That's that sounds like such a like a nineteen fifties like stereotypical <laughs> superhero name. Like he's just wearing like a Bright? solid color outfit. Oh, that's awesome, Mister mm-hmm. Helpman. Where do you see Mister Helpman be? How, how does Mister Helpman begin? Is what is what? Where do you see this character's um, origins beginning?
2: So, Mister Helpman. <clears throat> So we're going to start in Florida. That's where Mr. Helpman resides. All right. He's 82 years old.
1: (laughs) Yes.
0: This is our first elderly superhero. I love it.
2: He works as the information booth operator (laughs) at the local airport. Right. Where he really prides himself in not only knowing things about the airport, but knowing things about the region for the tourists who come into town. He really values doing a good job.
0: So he like he's really he, he kind of directs people to like tourist spots and and kind of keeps the flow going in and out of the airport. Yep. I don't travel that often, so I I <laughs> I, I would maybe need to brush up a little bit on exactly what what this this, I don't this think it's job would entail? Okay, not
2: not every airport has such a person. Okay. it's like, but like sometimes you'll see like at a mall they'll have like an information desk, which is just like sort of. Okay. he's that kind of guy. Gotcha. Nothing nothing profound. He's just the like, if you have a question, don't know where your gate is, don't know where to get a cab, et cetera. Et cetera. Okay. Hands out brochures. Maybe he's got travel information. It's just a part time job though. He's he's mostly retired.
0: Okay. And but he
2: likes to keep busy.
0: Has he lived in this area for a long time, like for most of his life?
2: He retired there from the
0: Midwest. Okay. And you you say he's active. Is he does he is he a walker? Does he like to jog? Does he climb stairs? He volunteers. Oh, okay. Where does he volunteer? Everywhere. Just volunteers whatever. Hospital.
2: Volunteers at the theater. He volunteers at the soup kitchen. He's a, he's a, he's an obsessive volunteer.
0: What is, what drives him to, to be such a, uh, such an obsessive volunteer? What, what, what has brought him to, to give up so much of his time?
2: I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not sure what his drive is there. Why he's so driven to be that way. Okay. Um, well we a little can foggy on
0: that well we can kind of peel back some of the layers and see yeah it could just be that that he is a just a a kind and and uh, what if he starts out not being helpful or like he maybe he has that job but he's not very he's not good at it. Like he he has this job as the info booth guy, but he's um...
2: so instead of being a helpful old man, he's a curmudgeonly old man who has this part time job that he's that over time. He's just somebody who's never he's committed his whole life to just looking out for his own happiness and not being helpful to anybody. Yeah, but then because he's just needed a part-time job, he has this because over time he—that's a good way to not have a lot of friends, <laughs> right? So he doesn't have a lot of friends or family or anyone because he's—he doesn't care about anybody, he doesn't do anything for anyone under any circumstances. <laughs> but he has this job. The so he has this job as a—he operates the help desk at a local mall. Okay. And the reason he has this job is because in order to operate the help desk at the local mall, all you have to do is show up.
0: (laughs) And he does. Just swipe a card, sit down in the seat. Yeah. Hand out brochures.
2: Tell people where to stick it all day if you want. He mostly (laughs) mostly pretends he doesn't speak English. That's 50%. (laughs) And then about 30% of the time... He just pretends like he's an old man who doesn't understand and just shouts (laughs) random
0: stuff at them. Just feigns senility. Yep. Just nothing. Just, what? (laughs) What are you
1: talking about?
0: Where am I? Do you think he also spends time coming up with um, subversive ways to tell people to put the brochures in themselves without actually saying it like he has like he has his own special code for like you know uh it's it's take a left between the men's and women's restrooms and you'll find the brochures right there or something like he he has his own code for putting for making like insulting jokes to the people that he's quote
2: system of insulting people without them getting it yeah walked away
0: and as they're walking he just starts like Laughing by himself, like, old
2: man cackle. That be that would be a really really great name for my solo folk act, <laughs> old man cackle. Any
0: instruments involved in that one? No, it's just it's spoken word. It's just me <laughs> <neat> ranting. <laughs> spoken word folk act.
2: Yeah, it's folk in that it's depressing
0: <laughs> and you might have a beard while you yeah, do it i might so he lives in florida and he's transplanted here he's not originally from yeah. does he like florida is he is he a fan of where he is or does he's he not wish a fan of much of anything <laughs> but he he likes florida
2: because he he's from cleveland
0: Okay. Those are, but it's cold there. Very different places, yeah. In the winter. Did he like the winter? No, that's no. why he. No. That's why, oh, he, that's why went, he went
2: there. Like everybody else. <laughs> They're very different places, but like a hat, like
0: twenty, thirty percent of the people who live in Florida are from Cleveland. <laughs> does Does he live by himself? Yes. What is What is his What is his home look like? What Where What does he call home? Well, I think he lives in
2: a, I think he lives in, like, a small house uh, by himself. Okay. That's really uninviting from the outside, um, but very, like, warm and cozy on the inside, like, sort of 70s, like... (laughs) You know, like everything's really like old man comfy like cool. it's, it's like smells like coffee and sausage in it
0: in there, you know. Oh, it's like coffee and sausage. <laughs> the smell of <laughs> the smell of wisdom <laughs> and and age. Coffee, sausage and like pipe tobacco. <laughs> and <laughs> so he's kind S- of preserved his his the interior of his house to kind of look like what I am guessing was maybe his mo- his favorite time in life. Just this, the, the easy time, the, his, his easy seventies.
2: Yeah, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure as I'm as fixated on the seventies was just a style reference really more than a, <laughs> that, 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 he was trying to recreate that specific time in his life. Like it wasn't dating. It is my point gotcha. as, as much as just say, but I like that. it. I, my main point was not that it represented a different era, but that it represented a different side of his personality that while he has this, like, I think he's an intelligent fellow, perhaps he was, maybe he was a professor of ethics or something Mm. or philosophy. And he's, he's just, at some point he got stuck on this idea that, that helping other people like that. He's, he's a, a, you know, sort of staunch uh, capitalist or something too, that he just (laughs) believes that you should all look out for ourselves and that, that any helping someone else doesn't have any value and that people should be able to help themselves. And he's just, he's that he's an intelligent person, but who's gotten overtaken by a, by a maybe misguided or at least somewhat heartless and unpleasant, uh, view of the world. Okay. Yeah, And so he's he's found his curmudgeonly ass way all the way down to Florida, where they all do. But he maintains this desire to connect with people, and he can't, for all of his intelligence and wisdom, he can't figure out why nobody wants to be close with him. But it's because he doesn't help anyone. He won't do anything for anyone ever. He will never do anything for another person. It's a it's a strict rule that he adheres to uh, strictly, you could say.
0: And then, <laughs> and so does he. Does he ever ask for help himself? Does he expect anyone else to ever no. help him? No, no,
2: he would never ask for help. No. He would rather die than ask for help. <laughs> he believes that you should never need to ask for help. Does that make sense, yeah, I like it, and maybe it's not even that he's curmudgeonly, though maybe the combination of being an old man and being like this would just make you inherently <laughs> curmudgeonly but but that maybe it's more that he's just incredibly like cold and sort of pragmatic, right. yeah, and he's like, just
0: like you said he's cold he's he's he doesn't connect with people, but yeah. I would think I imagine that if he had like a relative or a spouse or something he would have a fairly warm and gooey side that that person would see on a regular basis. Am I am I right?
2: I think he would, except, I mean, he would, but he still wouldn't be helpful. Like, he still wouldn't do <laughs> anything for them. So it's a little bit strange. So this is why his relationships never last, okay. right? That I, yeah, that's because, why he's by because himself. ultimately, even if you're being pleasant to someone, if you never do anything for them, like, if you really think about, I mean... What we're breaking down here is the core, like, way that relationships work. Yeah. The core, like, you know,
0: way that relationships <laughs> work, like, You know what I'm saying, Luke? Laid back social <laughs> studies with Luke and Adam. Yeah, social
2: studies.
0: Laid back social interactions. Social. Um, we don't know what it is. So, yeah, it's like over a lifetime, like in a regular couple's lifetime, all the the different moments of like, hey, can you pass me the salt? Hey, could you grab some gas on the way home? Hey, right. could you pick up some eggs? Hey, like, could you not have gas in bed? <laughs> no, but I don't even, I mean, yes, all of that. But also,
2: I don't, when I say relationships, I don't mean just those kinds of relationships. Right. I mean, any kind of relate. He doesn't have friends. He doesn't right. have, he only has coworkers that are the other workers of the information booth, but they make him work by himself because nobody wants to spend any time with that's pretty harsh my point is all of human all of i feel like all of human connection is somewhat based on doing things for each other even if they're you know saying nice things to each other or anything doing things specifically just to be a positive have a positive impact on another person right that that's that's critical to the to forming relationships and so because of that he but he craves it and he wants he he believes that there's a place for deeper intellectual and emotional connection if you're not so obsessed with doing things for each other so this is ah. where this sort of ideology comes from that he has this okay. if you're not if if it's not that it that inherently because we're constantly trying to do things for the other person that then that becomes competitive or some sort of weird quid yeah. pro quo or like and that so because he just he refuses to do it but that he all he really wants though is to have people to connect with so that's why he is. He, maybe it starts out maybe it started out that he was just sort of cold when he first became like this but that over time as he's become older and more lonely he's just become more and more bitter and you know
0: yeah yeah and he, he scathing
2: in the things that he says to people including telling them where to stick their you know mall maps
0: well and, and it's such. it feels like it's it would have transformed from um Maybe a general attitude early on, based on some of his uh, his point of view, and it's as he's spent so much time on his own and spent so much time burning relationships around him, it's become like it's a philosophy. It is it is his yes. way of life, and and then that becomes even you know when someone does try to connect with him and they break his quote rules of interaction, mm-hmm. basically asking for help or expecting some give and take he has to explain to them how that's that's not how a how a human should should have a relationship with another human and he's he's so much uh he's on such another level of of intellect than than everyone else he's kind of separated himself from from the plebes.
2: and that if you can only have emotional connection because like because somebody has done something for you or because you've done something for them and therefore can can hold that over them then that's not real emotional connection and you should have you should be able to be past that or something like he's yeah. gotten sort of he's missed the point
0: a bit
1: Megafication
0: tell me how this this character um, who has uh, removed himself from the uh, basic social interactions of, of humanity how he eventually becomes this, this mega hero
2: so all right so as as George is working at the help desk and he's on a on a roll of <clears throat> offending questions knowledge seekers mall knowledge seekers <laughs> in under 3 seconds. Oh he's done he's done 12 in a row. Nice. So he's feeling pretty good about his day. And a person comes up And asks an especially stupid question, like, are there any shoe
1: stores in the mall?
0: (laughs) And do they sell left-footed shoes? Uh... And George was having none of
2: this, so he immediately tries to shut it down. (laughs) He goes with the shouting old man. (laughs) Shouts a bunch of obscenities, to which the person responds very nicely. He's surprised and a little disappointed that he's not going to break his record. And he tries again. Same person? Maybe this time with the direct insult. Yeah, same person. So he tries again to to get them to flee the information booth without any sort of additive, helpful information. And they just won't. He he keeps insulting them and telling them, you know. Hit, eventually, he's slapping them across the face with the with the maps. <laughs> so he gets physical, throwing things. Yeah, he's an old man. He's like, they're not gonna arrest an old man. It's <laughs> And nothing. This person
0: is is unoffendable. Just unfazed. So it sounds to me like this person is testing him, like this well, person.
2: Or or I think it's a person who maybe is sort of his polar opposite. It's his polar bear opposite. Oh
0: callback. In
2: that, in that it's the sort of person who no matter no matter what is pleasant and helpful to people and just, you know, for everything that George tries to do to upset this person and and not give them the information they need they just continue uh trying to ask the question in a better way trying to be helpful to george offering him lemonade (laughs) offering to get him a coffee so fixing the the things that
0: he's knocking off in his tantrum almost reversing their roles they're helping trying to help him help them
2: yeah yeah exactly that something happens in george's brain (laughs) during that moment but i don't know what like i don't know what wh- I, I need because he can't just be an 82 year old man there needs to be some sort of physical transformation or else he's not going to be a very good or very you know he's not gonna be capable of lot as a hero of i much was as.
0: totally hoping he would be an 82 year old man well
2: he can be an 82 year old but yeah yeah
0: there's give like, him some capabilities or else he's not going to be able to fight much crime yeah some sort of a change um cuz maybe there's or so there's something around like if something in the mall like maybe there's some there's maybe part of this part of his um daily routine there's like some uh fad juicing stand set up next to the info booth and they're constantly making these just crazy outlandish smoothies and juices out of random foods and other materials yes other materials uh <laughs> Um. and maybe in his um, in his uh, attempts to, to get this person away from his booth he does something with this juice stand and um, there's some sort of an accident with the uh, I don't know, some sort of an electrical accident or maybe like a maybe it's not juicing maybe it's like some sort of a like can't think of the word like not growth hormone that's not great but like a nutritional supplement yeah or
2: i was gonna or maybe maybe that's exactly all of that and like the because george specifically doesn't like the kids who work at the juice stand because they laugh and sing and make noise so he just especially doesn't enjoy them so he does things to torment them like covering their booth and you know, mall maps and flyers (laughs) or something. And like maybe whatever, I don't know, whatever he does to play practical jokes on them. And and just maybe he sends everybody who's asking for anything. One day he sends them over to the juice stand (laughs) to to ask, but he's like, actually they're answering questions over the juice stand. They're they're
0: actually the info booth. We we switched.
2: Yeah. If you want any juice, I've got juice. (laughs) Just like he's mixing water with water. dust from the floor, like he's just scooping up dust and like mixing it in with water, being like, "Yeah, you want this special juice?
0: It's got extra protein powder in yeah, it." Totally. I think yeah, he gets he gets in his fury of trying to get rid of this uber happy helpful uh, info seeker. Yeah, um, causes some sort of an accident that malfunctions the juicer and and. Uh, well maybe like maybe the juice people are trying to get back at him. That was what I was going
2: to uh, say is is that because he does all this to the juice people that while he 's having a meltdown trying to deal with this insanity of this person that no matter what he does they won 't turn around and it 's like frying his brain that while that happens they i don 't know that they're that they 're trying to like that they've decided that they're going to spray him with juice or something like they have some kind of new ah, like because it's a trendy juice place that's ah. why it's all like 19-year-old beautiful obnoxious kids that work there and so <laughs> which he especially lo- dislikes cuz they're because his dislike for people goes up relative to how happy they are and how many friendships they have so young people he hates the most because they are the happiest and they have the most friends
0: <laughs> and the most, the most hope for
2: the future, right? Exactly. Just <laughs> so, but the so these kids, they they this juice place got a new, the new thing, the new trend, the new fact. Apparently, is spraying the juice right oh. into people's mouths. Yes. So people pay extra to have the juice just shot right down their throat. And that they took this juice sprayer and and decided they were going to spray old George over at his booth. Perhaps. The person who stopped by, who was trying to help George, was none other than the intervention. Oh, snap! Yes. Coming in to try to save another miserable soul. Just in her free time. She just passes through the mall a lot and had noticed George and was like, that guy seems like he needs some help. And that in the process, and that then when the juice happens, the intervention somehow saves George, and but in doing so, imbues like, him with some power. Yes. That combined with the juice that he's yes he's drowning <laughs> in his little cubicle.
0: By George, this is the first major mega crossover event in the history of the B Mega Podcast. It is. It's a throwback to
2: episode. Okay, Luke, you get a chance to guess. The intervention was which episode of the B Mega podcast? Five. I think that's probably right. Hang on. No, it can't be right. It's going to (laughs) be four. (laughs) Remind me what the intervention's powers
0: were. What was, other than like, she had the. Bar rag. Yeah, like she could. Oh man, I'll have to go back. She she inspired other people to. Um, she gave what was it? She gave them opportunities to change their minds. Like she could give them choices to make. No, that was alternative Rick. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she. So I just remember that because she was a motivational speaker. Yeah. Who then this. Bar, who an amateur motivational speaker and bartender? Oh, she spoke in meta- meaningful metaphors. Oh, yes. But there was something else that she could like. It was all about changing people's minds. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Is so that maybe the the point is that the intervention when when George is hit with this this um, sprayer of juice. Uh, she's able to change his mind but because she also has to save him from it at the same time he's 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 given this higher ability to do the thing that she changes him to which because she makes people the opposite yes rather than being an old curmudgeon who doesn't help anyone he becomes
0: Mr. Helpman I absolutely love it her yeah. her her helpful energy yeah Rearranges his his DNA and his 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 yeah. down to his psyche, his very oh, yeah. core,
2: and and then so her effects they are largely mental and emotional. They mm-hmm. completely change, and they and we'll get to the powers that that gives to George to Mister Helpman because that all happens in 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 also physically saving him from drowning in this juice and he's also full of this uh vitamin rich juice we have a lot of like vitamin related well i I don't know why that is
0: i feel like this might cross over with another character actually with a villain the the um the the pharmacist that that created the the vile uh, oh, maybe it had something to do with the... The juices, yeah. So Chill the Druggist
2: mm-hmm. um, has gotten into slipping. So, yeah, is into this juice business for making these fortified, special fortified juices, and that's what they sprayed at George. So because that normally it wouldn't cause any negative effects, but because he was doused in it, which you normally wouldn't be, um, and, uh, yeah, he's given physical effects once george becomes mr helpman that immediately just from the act of helping people which at first he's not even certain why he's compelled to do to, to help people that the act of helping people immediately has people be so much nicer to him that it completely changes this 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 built-in philosophy and he he immediately sees that no being nice to people is helping people is actually how you form relationships mm-hmm. and how you connect with people and that becomes his 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 purpose in the world is to um yeah get people to help each other i like it all right so it's it's
0: almost his his purpose is almost inherent in 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 who he becomes like it's yeah it's it's all it's it's hard. Is because you almost start to overstate it it's like it's very simple like he's compelled to help anyone in any way that he can mm. because he sees the good in, in in doing that
2: but I think i yes, my point is only and he wants it's important to him I, I always need them to have an educational component for some reason, sure no I just think it, it would be then he would because he was such a staunch. I, like maybe he he gets back into going and like writing research papers and, and maybe that's it is that he becomes an active philosopher again. <laughs> so Mr. Helpman, in addition to spending his whole life helping people, um, he he he's also a, 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 becomes a, an important thinker and philosopher in in saying that in our modern modern world that we need to in fact help each other. That's the that's the key to happiness and, and- connection
0: and he he actually goes back and and writes rebuttals to his his own previous work like yeah. <laughs> like so he can go to the bookstore and see see volumes of of work prior to his accident and then his and they're all like dark grays and blacks on the covers and then his new books that he's written in response to those to negate the things that he wrote are yes. all like brightly colored And all positive, made of recycled materials.
1: Mega powers!
2: Because Mr. Helpman is in his 80s. Like, he's not going to be the hippest of heroes. (laughs) I mean, and I really liked your concept of him being sort of this classic 50s, very, like, all good, all the t- kind of all shucks sort of a kind style of hero. Sure. I think there would be uh, from the physical effects of the of the the juice and the energy from the intervention. I think Mister Helpman has the ability to. He, he has a, an improved physicality. He's stronger. Okay. Hero, he's hero strong. I would sure. call him. but not without limits. Okay. In fact, with pretty defined limits, like it, he's impressive because he's in his eighties and he could say, you know, fight ten henchmen or something. You know, like he's he's a he's he's impressive for a guy in his eighties, but he's not picking up a building like maybe he, a car he could yeah he could
0: maybe like he could pick up a car but he couldn't like throw it
2: agree you <laughs> know what i'm saying
0: pick it up like to make strong. to make room for someone to cross the street exactly <laughs> so i think he has
2: i guess what i'm saying is he has superhuman strength but it's 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 relative there's a ceiling on it, Super which hum- is fine because
0: mostly for what he's doing, you know, superhuman-ish strength. Yeah, Mister Helpman uh, has has through this incident obtained some slight uh, mental powers uh, because the the intervention has great mental powers. Um, some of those were kind of sloughed off into his his cocktail of abilities and he is able to in a crowded room or crowded area uh inspire small crowds to become helpful to 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 feel compelled to do something good for someone else and he can create small teams of um of like helpful soldiers or helpful hoodlums, uh, that will go and and do his bidding for like 10 or 15 minutes. Again, not, not like super mental powers. Like he can't control these people for an extended period of time. Uh, but say he needs a little extra help. He can get into a crowded area and, and get people to help build like a barrier for him or create a, you know, whatever, he needs or if he just needs people to help other people yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. I feel like he uses finger guns for this too. Pew, pew. like he just like real finger guns or he just does that he a just lot. does the finger gun gesture whenever whenever he I needs I think
2: he's a cheesy old man in every way yeah he pulls quarter from behind your ear he's got a pocket full of worthers totally everything.
0: Like an endless Ad- supply smells of Smells like aftershave. <laughs> Even in the midst of battle, he's just sweating, just a, just buckets of sweat pouring off of him, and it still smells like aftershave. Oh.
2: I like this idea of his mental powers a lot, and I would add on to that that he can also sense people who need help. Oh, yeah.
0: Totally. <laughs>
1: the City, a mysterious blackout creates chaos at intersections until Mr. Helpman systematically aids every pedestrian in crossing the streets.
0: His weakness is that he has to help. He's he's compelled at his core to help people who are in need. and And it's people that... He ha so he obviously, like you said, he, he can sense when people need help and he can see when people like he can hear and see when people need help. It's not like he needs to help everyone in the world at, at the same time, just wherever he is. But if he doesn't help someone, it it affects him physically and maybe mentally. It it weakens him, he loses his energy and he becomes more less Mr. Helpman and more George the information booth employee like helping people gives him the gives energy him to energy people. to 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 maintain and keep going it's, it's, a, it's a it's like a source of he's basically like a vampire for for positive energy <laughs> i like that so so i imagine villains um, would find a way to restrain him,
1: right? And so then, then and help.
0: then have like a bunch of people that need help, right? Like either they, you know, they'll torture someone in front of him, and he it start. Not only does it obviously hurt this person, but <laughs> it it starts to wear on him as well. And right. then the more that happens, the less he's able to do about it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a kryptonite situation for old Mister Helpman. Mega conflict. What if there is a guy who uh, maybe he was inspired by by George's early writings and has taken those things to heart, and he is he is hell bent on on making the world um, stop helping. Yes, and his name is Cynic. But it's C Y N I C K because his name is Nicholas or right. Nick, or it could be Sin Nicholas. Yeah, he just meddles. and maybe he's not necessarily a supervillain, but he's just constantly. Um, no,
2: he was he was Mr. He was Mister Helpman's uh, last he last close pupil who he yeah. mentored, um, uh, and and who really looked up to his writings and studies i think one of mr helpman's weaknesses is that he is exactly as bad with technology as you would think he might be (laughs) and i don't want to beat up on you know people over a certain age with their ability to use technology because there are plenty of people plenty old who are better at stuff than i am but he seems like Mr. the kind Helper of guy... Had, well, he was an academic anyway, and I mean, he just wasn't... He, he was the type of fellow who got to his 80s. He doesn't have a computer, and he doesn't want it. He's not in on any of that stuff. He's a he, books kind of guy.
0: He probably never had a properly stapled packet for his students in his entire career, right? No, and didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> At all. Like, somehow stapled it right in the middle.
2: Absolutely. He just had... a. Teacher's assistant or whatever, like he just had somebody to do that stuff. He didn't worry about it. So he's he's bad, 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 bad with technology, which means sometimes in 2016, when you're just sense that somebody needs help, I mean, let's face it, what are the odds that their problem is technology related? Pretty high. Yeah. Nice. Pretty high, right? So in those cases, not so helpful, Mr. Helpman. He just shows up and's like,
0: ah, oh, you've got one of those. Th- computer things ends up just crushing it on accident like
2: <laughs> sorry 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 all of that to say back up cynic this pupil is great with technology maybe in fact one of the things that cynic did that george appreciated was take a lot of his works and create digital profiles for them and things like that, like made, uh, uh, shared his things digitally and, and connected with more people that way. He took the concept of George's teachings to the next logical step, which is to say if we should all be able to help ourselves, we should all be able to augment our own physicality in order to better care for ourselves and do the things we need. So he's very into these sort of biotechnologies yes. that are... But doing it and experimenting on himself. And that's how he, he becomes this powered cynic because he's done all these experiments on himself to augment his everything that he does so that he doesn't need anything from anybody.
0: Ah, uh, that's awesome. And he's also l- makes
2: it very powerful. Totally. And, uh, and, a, and a pretty difficult-to-beat villain for Mr. Helpman since oh. he's so technologically advanced. Yes. But because nobody likes him, because he doesn't ever do anything for anybody ever, everybody doesn't like him. 100% of the people on the planet are against the Cynic.
0: That's amazing. He has no no villain no allies. allies. None. So everybody- he has to constantly upgrade himself and body hack himself to... to. So Mr. Helpman
2: is no match for Cynic. But he never has to be. He just needs... Because he's always got help. Yeah. <laughs> Because everybody loves Mr. Helpman. That's
1: beautiful. And now, the Mega
2: Origin! Retired professor and world-renowned curmudgeon George Mann had developed an academic and personal philosophy centered around refusing to help his fellow humans under any circumstances. He believed that doing helpful things for one another was the wrong way to form relationships. Due to this life approach, George spent much of his spare time alone, watching crime procedurals in the comfort of his Florida condo. As a part-time job, he antagonized tourists as the information booth attendant at the local mall, where he also tormented the young employees of an adjacent juice stand. One day, George was up to his usual antics at the info booth when a mysterious stranger approached with a powerful smile. In spite of George's best efforts, this person, who was in fact none other than the Intervention, a powerful mega known for soothing the foulest of souls, refused to be deterred by his barrage of negative mischief. While George attempted to vex the Intervention, the young juice-slinging crew turned the tables and doused George with their new Zip Pow Chuggo Later. The Zip Pow Chuggo Later filled George's booth and nearly drowned him in a churning pool of synthetically derived smoothie fluids. When the intervention pulled George to safety, the experimental juice was infused with positive mega energy. As he recovered from the incident, George discovered his entire worldview had been reversed and that he had been endowed with amazing new powers. George found that he now possessed the physical strength of 10 young men as he was uncertain of the strength measurement conversion from young men to old men. Due to his contact with the ever positive intervention, George now felt compelled to help any person in need of assistance without hesitation. He eventually found himself at odds with a twisted former student turned villain named Cynic who lived his life by George's old negative philosophy. They waged many a battle of wits and George would eventually go on to refute his previous philosophical assertions with his newly found belief in the power of helpfulness. Through published work and public heroics, George made a name for himself amongst the world's growing number of mega heroes, as people everywhere would come to love and rely on that most obliging of heroes, Mr. Helpman.
0: Mr. Helpman. Adam, I can't believe how well that character came together. I'm so pleased... (laughs) with that story how what do you feel about mr helpman i came
2: into this just knowing that somewhere in this vague hero name there was a really interesting idea and i only had a couple of bits of it the sort of that it would be this older fellow partially because for some reason mr helpman didn't feel like a character that could be young to me it's just like that's too grounded (laughs) in something like you know yeah yeah like it needed some gravitas or something the but had this very cardboard idea for this and we were able to really find a, a living breathing interesting complex character under this sort of goofy old man
0: yeah it's totally you know your your initial um description of of how you created this character you said you you it really it sounded like you you just saw a thing you made an observation it was
2: an interesting one. I mean, I we talk about this, you and I, a lot because we have ideas in very different ways and every idea is different, but you and I specifically just approach ideas in a different way and, and the process of generating or finding them in a different way. And in this case, it was something that I had seen. I had obviously seen it before. I'd probably no, looked at the person's name before, but I'd never thought about what the, what that last name would be if you if you just take that out of context and think about you know Mr. Helpman sure um and then that started to, to shape an idea because that in that case it was something that immediately because of the man <laughs> because of the man <laughs> it had a it had an automatic association with oh that sounds like a a hero right like superhero uh,
0: like, was built into it it's another example of how this whole process has um, <laughs> has really fine-tuned our our ability to and not even our ability just our um, our openness to to seeing things uh, and and it's like we're, we're compartmentalizing ideas and this is very these are very specific ideas that we're we're searching for in our everyday lives now um, but it tells you it's, it's given us or for me and I
2: think probably you too, it gives you doing this regularly gives you an ability to capture that and run with it. Like I would have had that idea either way. Right. I would have seen that and, and thought, oh Mr. Helpman, haha, that's funny. That would have been the end of it. But in this case, we created this whole character that wouldn't have been with some really and who knows maybe this is all the character ever is is this? Maybe he comes back in a future episode. Maybe he comes back in a future published work. Maybe, maybe he becomes the center of some universe that we create, <laughs> who knows? But at the very least, there's some great ideas there and it was a fun process and we made something and that's enough.
0: Yeah. I, Like you said, you, you find the idea and you run with it and without, without what we've done so far, without, without a custom, uh, without um, becoming accustomed to to grabbing these ideas and actually doing something with them, um, I think it's it's become much more powerful. It's, you know, how many times do we say, hey, that would be a good band name, or that would be a, a funny name for a movie, um, and then it just goes away. Yeah. Now it doesn't, we run with it. And, exactly. and I, I encourage anyone who's listening right now to do the same thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: listening to the world around you, looking at the world around you and and finding those ideas and taking them and, and running with them somehow. Do it. Well Adam, fantastic episode. Thank you so much for uh, providing yet another really fun and, uh, and complex character as it turns out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the B Mega podcast. If you enjoy our show, be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave an honest review. You can also visit our webcomic at MegatonCityNews.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MegatonCity. Join us next week at the Mega HQ when we create a new hero inspired by that loveliest of modern pastimes, gaming. And until then, remember... Be mega. Mr. Helpman can sense people who need help. Yes. And and what about that? That's it. (laughs) He goes and helps them. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Helpman's powers are relatively simple. (laughs) Pretty pretty straightforward, man. Yeah.
2: So what's his purpose? Well, he helps
0: people. <laughs> so what does he do when he senses
2: somebody who needs help? He goes and helps them. Well, so is it? <laughs> That's why his strength doesn't have to be much. It's usually
0: just like, yeah, like I dropped my ball under this thing.
2: All right, hang on. Let me pick this up for
0: you. <laughs> there you go. I, like fighting people. I I imagine him just immediately diving to the ground to get underneath it. Like, probably that too, and then he probably has to be reminded. You can't you just lift it? Oh right. I forgot. <laughs>
1: Characters and stories on this podcast are the property of Megaton City Creations. Copyright 2016. The sound effects heard in the B Mega Podcast are used under a Creative Commons Zero Public Domain License.